0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the summer of 2020, former police officer Joseph James D'Angelo, also known as the Golden State Killer, was sentenced to life in prison for the 50 home invasion rapes and 13 murders he committed during his reign of terror in the 1970s and the 1980s. Many of the survivors and the victims' family members featured in the series reconvened for a very emotional sentencing hearing in August of 2020, and were given the opportunity to speak about their long-held pain and anger. That is the premise behind this terrific and really well-done special episode of the uh, series, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. There are so many things to recommend about it. First of all, the series itself is just absolutely, you know, gripping and uh, powerful. We're joined today by Elizabeth Wolf, who was the director of this episode and part of the production team, along with Liz Garbus, who created *I'll Be Gone in the Dark* for HBO. By the way, this particular episode will be airing on HBO Max on uh, June 21st, Monday, June 21st. So be on the lookout for it. And Elizabeth Wolf, welcome back to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me again.
0: I'm so glad uh, to to see you again. So glad to be able to talk about this series. As I said, from start to finish, it is a crime thriller. It is a unraveling of this case. It's about Michelle McNamara, about her life and about her own demons. And there's just so many elements to this, such a well done series. Was this always going to be a special sort of follow-up episode to the original series or did this something that evolved over the course of of time?
1: Thank you. There's That's a good good question that doesn't have an easy answer. Like all good questions, I would say we originally had this plan uh, for six episodes. So when we finished the sixth episode, we really thought, okay, this is the end of our series. Now, in the course of doing those six episodes, we always knew that we wanted to go deeper into the Kathy Lombardo case. And in the and we actually went out and we pursued that case. We filmed with Chris Lombardo, we filmed in Oak Park. We were in touch with Oak Park Police Department. And, and really up until the very end of our edit, we were trying to figure out a way to include this case. But it was so complicated and required such a detour, in terms of the story we were telling with the Golden State Killer and with Michelle, that ultimately in the six hours, we just really couldn't find a way to to do what we wanted to do with the case. We mentioned it in episode two, really as kind of Michelle's origin story, but we couldn't really go into Michelle's investigation of it um, starting in 2013. Something else happened, which is, the the series aired last summer at the same time that D'Angelo was being sentenced, and our whole production we had wrapped and we were you know it was the pandemic so we were all in our separate places but we all tuned in and watched the four days of sentencing in real time and you know in our. Episode you'll see it very condensed and cut down, but there were there were like seven hours um, a day of impact statements and district attorneys reading in great detail each one of the crimes, and it was it was really powerful, really emotional, and we thought that this is a kind of a postscript or a bookend to the survivor story. The fact that they got to have their day in court, the fact that they got to have the last word, they got to confront their attacker. And we really felt like we wanted to tell that story. It was meaningful for us to see our survivors who we had gotten to know over the, the course of these years where they were making sense of the fact that their attacker had been caught and to really watch them have this this day in court was meaningful. So when HBO approached us about doing a special episode, we knew immediately that these were the two things that we wanted to explore. So in many ways, this was the content that we always had in mind, but we didn't know that we were going to have an extra hour to um, go deeper into it. So we were very happy to get that hour and and provide another one extra chapter to the story.
0: In many ways, it, this feels in a kind of a, a, a spiritual way what Michelle would have wanted because she she herself focused on oh, I love
1: the, the way you say that so true.
0: So she she focuses on, on on the victims she she brings life to them over the course of the, the the series we see how how much this meant to her and this origin story is a very compelling one. And I'm so glad you were able to spend some time with that. And because in addition to the specific cases.
1: Like, Kathy Lombardo and Grace um, Pacchetti.
0: Thank you so much. It also highlights something about the police, police behavior, uh, police prioritizing these kinds of cases. It's not, I wouldn't call it a, a sweeping indictment of the police, but there is something of an institutional issue around um, these kinds of things that w- women being attacked, uh, all kinds of things, and I think it's it's an important coda to to what Michelle was about.
1: Thank you. I am um, yeah. I I think I think in the process of making this series, I got to know some really incredible detectives who do really good work, and I also got to learn a little bit about the culture of law enforcement and. And the ways in which that they they protect themselves. So, so I don't mean to, every individual detective I have worked with on this case has been very good about their jobs. Um, and I do think that the, um, the detective assigned to the cold case, Kathy Lombardo's cold case, if he had the resources and the time to go deeper, I think he would, and he would do a good job. But I, but my sense is that they don't have the time um, and attention to do this, and and that there are many cold cases that have languished in in that area of Chicago or Illinois, rather.
0: Yes, that, that those are all true. All the things you, I agree with everything you just said. It just feels like prioritizing these cases. And maybe I'm being unfair here, but it just seemed, when it comes to women and crime, being victims of crime, this has not been in the past. We're going back several decades now Mm -hmm. with all of this stuff. And it certainly wasn't the the priority when all of that, the Golden State Killer was beginning stages of his crime spree. Because in, in this special episode, it feels like you give a little more attention to that part of the story as well. Without giving away too much, Let's talk a little bit about the case of Kathy Lombardo and Grace Puccetti.
1: Um, I, I mean, I can give you the nutshell of Kathy Lombardo's story, which is that Kathy Lombardo was a young woman in her early 20s, um, living in her own her hometown of Oak Park. She had just Kind of started setting setting out on her own. Was living in an apartment not far from her parents' house, the house she grew up in, and she liked to go for jogs um, after work at night. And it was summer evening, and she was out jogging in her hometown, a very a town that she sort of knew as being a safe community, and and a jog that she did regularly. She was attacked by a a, a masked man, masked. He had a bandana on and and he, and she was pulled into an alley where she was was raped and murdered my sense from what little i was able to glean from the case, from the files that we were able to, to access, um, and from talking to Chris Lombardo, is that you know Kathy had many stab wounds on her, and that she you know fought off her attacker. And it seems to me that this was likely an attempted rape, but because of her resistance. Um, been fighting back the assailant killed her and the case went never went was never solved i mean it went cold pretty quickly and her brother basically tells us that as soon as she, he and his family were contacted by the police you know the night of her murder it was very clear that they you know, we're really hoping that the that the family could say, like, "Oh, this is a jilted lover," or "Here's somebody that we think did it." That the Lombardo family would point them in the direction of the killer, instead of actually having to do the hard work of uh, investigating a potential, um, you know, stranger attack. And this was something that uh, happened in Michelle's hometown. Michelle was um, a teenager at the time and remembers hearing about it. You know, over the years, came back to it many times. And as her interest in cold cases became more apparent in, as she got older, she realized that this was kind of a, a an origin story for her in terms of um, when she was first exposed to, kind of the, the the this this lack of resolution that hangs in the air when a when a violent crime goes unsolved.
0: You directed this special episode over the course of these these many now. How long did you work on this? A couple of years, I imagine, right?
1: I started on, on I'll Be Gone in the Dark in April of 2018. Yeah, there so, we go. Yeah, over three years now.
0: Three years. In terms of just sort of you as a filmmaker, you as a producer and a director, so what yeah. are the takeaways for you? And this is such an ambitious project, you know, a huge undertaking. Working with Liz Garbus, obviously, and the team of people you worked with, what have you sort of? What's your takeaway? Are you are you still a, are you a documentary filmmaker from now on, or do you see do you see something in terms of this experience for you as an artist and a filmmaker that you want to continue? And obviously, learned a lot, I'm sure, over the course of doing this.
1: Oh, um, such a big question. Yeah, I mean, I learned as much as anyone can learn in a a full and satisfying and meaningful three years of work. And I learned so much from Liz. I learned so much from the survivors. I learned a lot from Michelle. So I learned things in terms of how to do documentary storytelling from a uh, more narrative show-don't-tell standpoint I'm really interested and, and inspired by what we were able to accomplish in the series, which kind of allows us to tell nonfiction documentary stories through action instead of talking. And I want to do more of that. Um, I've always been a nonfiction story person. I mean, when I was in grade school, I like only read like, you know, young adult biographies of Harriet Tubman. And, you know, I didn't read um, any fiction. Um, that was not my thing. So I would say that I'm a, I'm a nonfiction storyteller through and through. And, you know, whether that takes the form of a documentary or something else, it, it really depends on the puzzle pieces, right? You know, you, you can only do a documentary if you have the, the audiovisual material to do so. And I find stories all the time that I think, oh wow, this is an incredible true story, but like, there, there's no, um, there's no archive there. Like, how can you bring this to life? And then you have to say, oh, maybe this this nonfiction story, this true story, is better done in a scripted form as right. historical fiction. And Michelle and this project taught me a lot about, you know, the importance of a work life balance and how to take time for yourself and how to. What's the best way to say this? Just how to create boundaries in your life so that you can advance your artistic and professional goals, while also being able to take time for yourself personally. During the course of this special episode, I had a baby, and that and and that wouldn't have been possible without without Liz and the Story Syndicate team being able to you know give me the time and um, support. I needed to be able to, to direct a, to direct an episode and have a baby at the same time.
0: So that's amazing. That is amazing. Well, in just the last minute I have with you, I just want to say it, the the world of uh, documentary filmmaking has become so expansive. So many people are doing so many creative things in terms of storytelling, even with the barest of resources available. Uh, there, you there's so many ways in which you can tell a story that would not have even been possible a few years ago. And these, this is such a well done series. It's visually very, it uh, pulls you in uh, the way that you're able to kind of make do with uh, not having sort of archival footage and make it work throughout the whole series. And you set sort of a motif and a pace to this thing that uh, it really stands out. And uh, my congratulations to you and to Liz and to your entire team, again, um, the. The film uh, is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. This is a special episode, and you can see this special episode on Monday, June 21st on HBO. Check your local listings, as they say in the business. And uh, and I, I look forward to more work from you. I hope you'll come back again when you, when the opportunity presents.
1: Please, yes. I, I look forward to more work from me, too, and I look forward to doing this um, the next time we have something to, to share with the world.